Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Sammy James, and tonight we're going to be looking back at Fulham's one-all draw at the Den as we missed the opportunity to move into the top two. Bit disappointing, but actually under the circumstances, it potentially could have been an awful lot worse. And down the line, he's just stepped out of the pub for a few minutes to give us his thoughts. It's Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Um, how was your evening? It was uh, a little bit of a disappointing one. Yeah, I mean, I think... You look at the results that the top six have had at the Den, only West Brom have won there tonight. And I think what we're talking about people uh, in the pub beforehand, and I said probably take a point, even in the situation and even in the circumstances where the three would have taken our second, it's a tough place to go to the Den and, and win. So if, you, if you're looking at it that way, I think it's a point gained as opposed to two points dropped. Um, I think, obviously, when you go ahead after three minutes, things take a slight turn for this. But on the whole, I think the balance of play, a draw was probably a fair result, if not a little bit harsh on Millwall. Um, we forgot to do three-word reviews, so I'm just going to read out a few now. Obviously, it is the customary way uh, to begin any Fulhamish podcast. I'm going to start off of with uh, Dan McGrath, who said two Lions offside. Uh, good to hear from you, Dan. Matt Wall liked this one. Top two denied. Uh, with, with the hyphen between the den and the eyed. Very, very nice, Matt. Clever, yeah. Uh, Ian McCabe, park out, potch in. Would you be a fan, Jack? Well, obviously, but I feel like that's a long, a long, long way off. Uh, I, I'm sure Ian's jesting, uh, of course. I don't think anyone's seriously saying Scott out at the moment. And, uh, potch was a, he was at Griffin Park the other night. Was he? Yeah, he was off to see Daddy Bielsa, I imagine, to see how he, uh, how he was getting on. I imagine he was reasonably disappointed by his uh, his mentor's performances. Uh, he loves a bit of championship action, clearly. And finally, and I think this is going to be the pod name, uh, Mr. Dexy with the Lino's Den, which, of course, was the controversial decision that we will come on to. Uh, Jack, looking at the lineup, uh, Abubakar Kamara and Harry Arter came into the side for uh, Cavalero and Kevin McDonald. Um, and, and neither of those changes really worked, did they? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, Harry Arthur gives you a, a little bit more legs in the middle, which I thought was useful. I didn't think Arthur played particularly badly. I actually didn't think Kamara played particularly badly. Did you not? I, I, thought, I, thought both, I thought both were poor, particularly Arthur, I just, and particularly the way he seemed to lose his head as well. He just, He really just can't keep his composure when things go against him. No, but I also think he made a couple of really important challenges in the middle. I think he he, he was, you know, kind of the energy. And it, it was Tom Kenyu, I thought, lacked kind of, not composure would be the wrong word, but lacked the kind of drive in the middle that I thought Arthur provided. And yes, he lost his head completely. And uh, there was a moment about 42 minutes into the game, which is, you know, I reckon 35 probably past the goal, where he was still having a go at the ref for the goal, which was amusing. 
um, but also not the sign of, of something you really want to see as a fan. But equally, on the whole, I was reasonably pleased with with those changes at the time before it kicked off. I thought it was sensible to, on, on a pitch of this kind of quality, and you saw at the weekend how badly that pitch cut up, to bring in someone like Kamara. What I did kind of forget in that was how good Cavalero was at home against Millwall and how crucial he was to that performance and how good we were that night. One of our better performances for the entire year, to be honest. So looking back at that, I would have liked to see Cav start. By the time I, I kind of, I saw what Scott was getting at, trying to get a bit of physicality and pace into the final third. Um, we had the perfect start. Jo- a good cross from Joe Bryan, uh, uh, Mitrovic yeah. prodding home. It, it, it looked so easy. I, I was waiting for an offside flag or something to come. Mitrovic was just onside, um, unlike uh, the goal that we're going to come on to. And once again, Joe Bryan assisting Alexander Mitrovic. It's the uh, it's the deadly combo, isn't it? I remember watching it back and being like, why is Joe Bryan on the right? Yeah, it was and odd. That was my kind of genuine main concern. But yeah, it's a lovely ball in. I'm not sure why the keeper doesn't come for it. It's one of those ones where it, it looked too easy. And that, you know, I assumed the keeper was going to come. He didn't. And then I assumed Mitrovic must have been offside. He wasn't. Uh, and it was, you know, it looked like it was going to be plain sailing from that far on, but it, it didn't pan out that way. It's a lovely ball, though, from Joe Bryan. Fair play to him. I don't think he had a particularly good game, but that ball in, in particular was, was delicious. And uh, if you give that kind of service to Alexander Mitrovic, he's going to score goals. Yeah, 21 goals now for the season. Yeah, leading scorer. Really, really nice. He's out, in, he's out in front on his own. Yeah, I mean, we, we maybe didn't uh, get into the top two out on our own, but at least uh, in the Golden Boot race, uh, we, we, we have got a little bit of a win there tonight. And then, unfortunately, Fulham didn't capitalise, which is rare. We talked about on Monday's podcast how we've won the last 12 in a row when taking the lead. Obviously, that run comes to an end tonight because of an incident that happened just six minutes later. Bodvarsson um, putting the ball in the net... And, well, it's one thing to say it's clearly offside because it is clearly offside. What isn't clear, well, it it is who it comes off. Obviously, you look at the replays and it it, it is the Millwall player that that flicks it on and and therefore it is offside. But what was quite alarming was what was said on Sky Sports about how the Lino just thought it wasn't offside, which is ludicrous because... It's not even close. Yeah, he's basically on the goal line at the point where he turns the ball home. It's difficult to take in the moment. And I think there was a lot of people around me confused. And the, you know, the reports start to filter in from people watching at home that say, oh, it's, it's a mile off. And then the pictures start filtering through and it is a mile off. It's harsh. You know, those things happen. But like we said on, on Monday's podcast, you know, Blackburn should have had an equaliser. This this is the way of the championship. And, and without VAR, these decisions are going to go wrong here and there. And and ultimately, if we drop two points against Blackburn and then won three points today through that decision, we would have been all square. So it, it's kind of just the way of the world in, in some ways. And it, yes, obviously, it's, it's disappointing. But given that we picked up two points through an incorrect offside decision at the weekend, you know, it's something you have to live with. Yeah, exactly. As you say, there was the uh, offside onside decision on Saturday, and, and I remember quite a 
tight call that went for us when when Mitrovic scored uh, against Charlton uh, earlier in the season, which was offside but wasn't noticed. And had there been VAR, that would have been ruled out. We might have lost against Charlton, not picked up a point. So I don't think you can be too upset, but it is galling when this one was so clear cut. And, and I guess if we'd been if we'd absolutely battered them for the rest of the game and we deserved the three points today, I'd have more of an issue with it. I think. Let's come on to the penalty. Um, it was clumsy from Joe Bryan. He knew it was yeah. a penalty as soon it was as it was given. Really, had his head in his hands. But Jed Wallace did a not very Jed Wallace like thing and smacked the bar and went over, which I imagine must have gone down very very well uh, in the away end. Very, very enjoyable, actually. Maybe the most enjoyable moment of the game. And, you know, the goal kind of came too early for it to be wildly enjoyable. But given we were then massively not in the ascendancy and we were looking very shaky, uh, the fact that they missed a goal and opportunity to go 2-1 up um, was a wonderful moment in the away end. And and there was kind of, I think, maybe some sort of feeling of justice done, not because it wasn't a penalty, but because of the goal. And therefore, to miss an opportunity of that magnitude uh, it felt a little bit like the gods were smiling on us in, in reverse. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, the rest of the first half, we just struggled, didn't we? Ever, ever since that goal yeah. went in, we just never managed to get our foot on the ball properly. It looked like we were really bulking under the pressure of playing at the Den and the atmosphere from the home fans was was ramping up. Did it just feel in the stadium like we were just losing control? Yeah, absolutely. We completely lost control of the game. And it wasn't until the kind of free kick at the very end of the half where we got possession and, uh, and won a free kick at the other end that it felt not that we'd score from that free kick, but that we would at least be able to relieve the pressure. And, uh, and so it kind of so it seemed. It, it was one of those where the, the, two, the goal shocked us. And obviously, like you say, a lot of people lost their head about how you know, how it went in and, and, you know, rightfully so in some ways, but equally you've got to kind of get your head back down and, and, and get back at it. And we just didn't do that. Uh, and we looked like we were the most likely team to concede for the rest of the first half. It, you know, it, it's weird because we, what we started doing was playing Mill's game. We started playing long balls into the channels. Michael Hector in particular, I didn't think he had a particularly bad game. I know Sky gave him man of the match, which I thought was a little bit weird. Um, but, you know, there was a period where every single pass he seemed to play went wildly out of touch and, uh, and that's you know not what you need in those kind of situations the ball just kept coming back at us and it felt like we completely lost control of, of a game that before they scored we looked like we were completely in control of but I actually thought contrary to what a few people I've seen say online that second half was our half and if any team was going to go on and win it it was us however in the end I think one all was a fair result and the closest really any side came was Cabano's header right at the end, which which would have been just absolutely beautiful. I can't really think of too many other moments in that second half that really are, are, warrant warrant discussion. Well, I think you're absolutely right in terms of that there are no, nothing to discuss. And and whilst you say we're in this in the ascendancy, and you're correct in terms of we kept the ball reasonably well, and we we drove occasionally with purpose. Bialkowski didn't make a save. And I think that kind of sums it up. We didn't create enough. And, and it goes back to all the things we were saying on, on Monday uh, about the fact that when this team looks like it's struggling, we look for individual magic rather than just using the kind of 
you know, sensible options. And it was summed up by Joe Bryan's shot in the 93rd minute where with Cavalero open wide and screaming for it on the left flank, he decided to have a shot from 35 yards, which obviously went miles over the bar. Uh, and that's not really any kind of genuine slight on JB. He, you know, he's looked up and gone that, but we rely on those moments of individual brilliance. We do not rely on the team creating chances. And for me, man of the match was Josh Onoma. Uh, I thought that he, he disrupted at the top of the pitch really, really well. Uh, and everything that we looked to create looked like it was coming through Onoma. The two big chances we created in the second half, aside from the Cabano header, were Onoma basically bursting through himself and firing one wide. And another one where he won the ball really hard at the pitch and probably should have cut it back to Mitrovic. He took a shot instead. But it was all Onoma that made both of those chances. It was it was individual uh, dynamism and, and tenacity that really create any of those chances. And what we're relying on is too much kind of individual brilliance, not just putting the ball in the right areas and hoping that, that these things are going to come. And it felt like one of those days again today where we just weren't going to score. So one all for me was, was a fair result. Yeah, I thought that Josh Onama played well as well. You just sometimes lament some of his decision-making and his composure yeah, in those crucial moments. I, I, and I saw that that one which he, he got to the byline, he lashed into the Fulham fans and, and Mitrovic was, was screaming at Yeah, it was furious and rightly so. But, but it was all, it was all it him. It was all Onoma that created it. You know, it was one of those ones where, yes, he's made the wrong decision at, like, early, late on and he has tried to take a shot from an angle which just really wasn't going to work. You know, he, he wins the ball high up. He beats two men to get to the ball to, to put the pressure on. He bursts into the box. You know, he's kind of entitled to take a shot as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say entitled, but yeah, I can kind of understand where you're coming from on that. Right, well, rest of the championship, Jack, uh, West Brom did unfortunately pick up a victory. Leaves them six yeah. points clear, but the rest of the table... Um, is so tight. Three points between the other five sides from Leeds in second. Yeah, it's mad. Bristol Bristol this weekend are seven. They're outside of the playoff places. And if things go their way, they could be in the automatics. Yeah. I mean, things would have to go very wildly their way. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's crazy, crazy. Cra- uh, how big it... I feel like there's a mental gap, though, for getting up to second. We haven't been there all season. We haven't taken the opportunity tonight. There's been other opportunities this season as well where a win would have taken us into the top two. Uh, Charleston at home was the one that really stood out for me. I remember if we won that game, we would have gone top and we didn't win that game. It seems to be every opportunity where we really have that moment where we can break through and almost like the advantage of... Is, is it is it sometimes the pressure of playing second? I know that... like. Like in Premier League title races, you often hear about managers or fans um, moan about the pressure of of, of playing second because you have that time to look at the table and really overthink it sometimes. Yeah, maybe. I just think that tonight we we didn't create anything. And it's been a symptom, like we said, I I keep harking back to Monday's podcast, but we don't create enough chances. And if you don't create enough chances, you don't score enough goals, you don't keep clean sheets then you don't win games. And we've been very, very good at keeping those clean sheets and winning one deal. And, and you know, we, we've seen that through this season. But actually, what you've got to do is, is put the ball in the right areas. And I imagine if you look at our XG for tonight, it's not very high. Um, and, and it's just another statement in the idea that we don't create enough. And ultimately, tonight, we paid the price for that. And, and it's, part, it's all part of the same thing. We need to go out, make a statement win against Barnsley. 
on Saturday. And look, there are a lot of games that could go our way. Leeds playing Bristol City is the obvious one. Um, that, that could set up, but you know, Nottingham Forest have a very, very tough game at the weekend as well. Uh, and there, are, there is an opportunity now to take advantage of that. We have to do that and get ourselves into the right spot before we have this very difficult run of games coming up to you know end of February towards the middle of March. So that's it. You know, we we we've we've gone to the den. We've taken a point under difficult circumstances in a difficult place to go. Uh, maybe fortuitously in, in some regards and. Ultimately, if you take that as it is, you look, you, you know, we've taken a point there. That's okay. Four points off Millwall, who are eighth, ninth in the league through the whole season, is not a bad return. Yeah. Uh, and you now have to look forward and try and buy into that and be like, right, okay, that was annoying that we didn't take it, but we've got to take those chances on Saturday and make sure that we win that game. Yeah. And I also, I, I said to, um, friend of the pod Billy I played football with earlier he's a Fulham fan I was like you know what I would just take a draw tonight I know it's not psychologically exactly what we all want we're all dreaming of the three points but actually difficult pitch Wednesday night tough team and a tough place to go and and and, and if you draw your away games and win your home games yeah, and that's home games. that is yeah. a big if with Fulham I don't think that we've got a home record that it puts fear into it's not fortress cottage anymore no and that actually was the case the season that we did eventually go up we just won so many games at Craven Cottage um in a row but still if we can pick up three points against Barnsley on Saturday, we're right. We're right in the heart of it. I'm I'm satisfied with seven points from from a, what is quite a tricky week. Looking at Barnsley, um, they'll go into that game bottom of the league, um, but we did underestimate them a little bit in that first game of the season, and and, and look what happened to us. We were completely disjointed that day, and frankly, one nil was actually a little bit of a letting off for for Fulham that day. Right. And the key man up front is is a man that we know. Uh, very, very well. Corley Woodrow, 12 goals this season. Um, Scorley Woodrow. He, he he is their main one to watch, really. Yeah, absolutely. And if you shut down Woodrow, then you shut down that Barnsley side. There are a couple of decent you know, decent players in there, and that's not to dismiss anyone else, but he has been their main goal threat. And look, we've, basically, we've got to do what we really failed to do today was, you know, and we didn't get punished for it massively. Obviously, they scored from a corner. But on the whole, we gave a lot of free kicks away in dangerous areas. We weren't punished. Um, I expected Millwall to punish us harder from those kind of areas. And Barnsley have been excellent from set pieces this year because they have that aerial threat and they have that ability. We've got to stop those kind of silly fouls in dangerous areas and hopefully try and stifle them up. Yeah, I mean, they're not on a great run at all um they lost to no. Birmingham um on Tuesday night and it was a pretty silly goal actually that they gave away just um the defender was dilly-dallying it with on the on the on the touchline and was robbed by a Birmingham City defender great finish from Scott Hogan to be fair um to give the yeah, Blue, to footballer. give the Blues the win they picked up a draw against Sheffield Wednesday but before that uh they'd lost their last three in a row uh, in the league so it is an opportunity for Fulham um, to get back to winning ways and then after that it does start getting significantly harder I would say this is the yeah. last game that you would look at as a definite three points after that I would say every game pretty much until the end of the season is a challenge yeah absolutely and you've got to look at these games and think right we're, we're running into a, a tough run of fixtures we you know, want to be coming off that on the back of three points and especially if that puts us into a place which you know it, you know we could very well be in the top two if we win at the weekend and, and that is very much that so you know it's a must win 
on Saturday. It's three points that we need to put in the bag and anything less would be a massive disappointment. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this uh, brief rundown from the day's game. Uh, Always nice to do some kind of instant reaction to the match. Uh, And Jack, thank you for stepping out the pub for 20 minutes. Not at all, my friends. Not at all. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, we will be back on Monday looking back at the Barnsley game and all the talking points that come out of that. I'm sure there's going to be more twists and turns in this uh, dramatic championship race. Um, It's a pretty exciting time. In fact, if you're in the UK on Friday, um, I'm going to be on Five Live um, on Friday uh, at about 11.30 with some other uh, fans from the other top five clubs in the championship, including Adrian Charles, who himself is a Baggies fan. So if you want a little bit of a championship rundown on Friday, do listen to Five Live. Uh, I'm looking forward to being on there. Jack, have a good couple of days. Enjoy Valentine's Day. I will do indeed, my friend. Uh, many, many fun things good stuff what a lucky lady lucy is okay we will see you and bye back at you (laughs) yeah well uh, maybe caroline's not so lucky okay um (laughs) thanks for listening today we'll see you on monday hope for a good result on saturday come on you whites you white Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. This spooky season, have a listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby! A podcast about Greek mythology that tells it honestly and often with a lot of gore, at least when it comes to these spooky season episodes. Every week in October, I have released a new episode with various levels of spooky in Greek mythology. There are ancient stories of haunted houses, ghosts, werewolves, general tragedy, and even a very bloody tree. Greek mythology has a little something for everyone, especially when it comes to spooky season. So listen to Let's Talk About Myths, baby, every week, wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST, A-cast. 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 A-cast